0: Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. And verse number one, O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. Verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 5, verse 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, that seems simple enough when you first read the first few verses or the first few words of that verse. In everything give thanks. But that can be a pretty tall order sometimes. In everything give thanks. The Bible says, for this is the will of God concerning you. I want to talk about Thanksgiving a little bit here for the next few moments. I'm not going to be long. But let's just praise the Lord right now for his goodness in our lives. And let's pray that he would move in the remainder of our time here in this service. Jesus, we're asking God that your spirit would have its way. Praying God that you would touch people's hearts and stir our souls and direct us through your word. We're thankful, God, to be in your house. Thankful for the touch of the Holy Ghost that we feel. And I pray that you would move in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And let's thank the Lord again. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for standing, and you may be seated. The Word of God is very clear and emphatic here that thanksgiving is the will of God or the purpose of God in our lives. It's something that we need to do continually, in other words. Even in this world of busyness, stress, and hectic schedules, and frantic activity, It's important that we always take time to give praise and thanksgiving to God. In fact, I can't think of anything that is any more imperative to a child of God, an important activity for us to always be engaged in and that will bring uh, the presence of God and the comfort of God into our lives like giving praise to the Lord. We, we have several verses of Scripture that admonishes us to give praise and thanksgiving to God and how that when we do so, the Lord inhabits that, the Lord shows up in the praise of His people. So it is very important that not just on this occasion, this week, and this day that we set aside, but always in the Christian's life, that they take time daily to give praise and thanks unto the Lord. And there are many things that we should show thanks to God for. And there's no way that I could exhaust all of them. And, matter of fact, each one of us probably have individual things that are specific to us, that are unique to us. Things that we personally could thank God for or show appreciation to God for that perhaps somebody else, maybe even those that are right there near us, could not necessarily express thanks in that way. I understand that there are common situations that all of us face and all of us go through that the Lord has helped us with and seen us through and worked in our lives concerning, and that we can always, we can always show our appreciation for those common things like salvation. And uh, we should never tire of giving thanks for this glorious, the Bible so says it this way, so great a salvation. It wasn't just a little act or a little thing when the Lord saved us. But when we consider the price of, that he paid, and the purchase that was made on Calvary's cross for our salvation, then it is a great salvation. When you consider it that way, it's in order that we always give thanks and appreciation. We don't deserve to be here tonight, but we're here this evening because of the Lord's salvation or the work of salvation in our lives. I'm so thankful that he went to the cross, that he purchased my soul with his blood. And that blood is precious blood, the Bible calls it. In other words, it's not just like any other, but it's precious blood and it's powerful blood. And it has power to cleanse from all sin. You see, the blood that was shed previously by goats and bullocks and doves, it was, it was blood that could cover For a period of time until the next sacrifice or the next date came up that the sacrifice had to be given. But this blood, this precious blood of Jesus Christ was blood that retired that debt once and for all the Bible says. It was blood that washed and cleansed completely. And so we need to be thankful for salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that when I asked him to forgive me and I repented of my sins that he forgave me of my sins. Sometimes we can take that so much for for granted and we can consider, well, he's God and and that's what he does. He forgives us of our sins and our transgressions against his word or against him. But I want you to consider with me that as we as human beings are transgressed against, and we have to endure uh, things that are offenses that come our way, and a part of dealing with that is is that we have to forgive those things, and sometimes as human beings, we find that uh, an obstacle or something that has to be overcame uh, so that we can forgive Nevertheless, it is our responsibility. But God, He doesn't have anybody that's over Him. He doesn't have anybody that's commanding Him to forgive. But it's in His nature to want to save you. He created you from the dust of the earth, the Bible says, and formed you in His own image, in His own likeness. He breathed His breath into you and you became a living soul. And from that moment... From that moment, the time of creation, he's always had a plan of redeeming and saving humanity. When, when, when Adam fell into sin, it was always his objective and his plan that I am going to recover that man and give him a chance to be restored in his relationship with me. And forgiveness is a part of that. Amen. I'm so thankful, that though I don't deserve it, that he forgives me. That he cleanses me. That he washes me of my sin. I'm so thankful that I have a revelation of Jesus name baptism. And I want to thank God for that every day. That I'm not confused about it. That I'm not uh, depending on some false uh, understanding of it. But I have a revelation of who Jesus is. And the Bible said, whatsoever you do in word and deed, do it in the name of the Lord. The Bible tells me that there is none other name, Acts 4 and 12, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus, and we have several instances throughout the Word of God where folks were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. No other way, no no other instance or example in the Scripture do we have but being baptized in the name. And there's something that happens when we're baptized in the name. The Bible said that comes There comes remission of sin. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost. These are all elements and essentialities of salvation. And I am very grateful. And I know you are very grateful for this understanding. And that I have been obedient to these things. I'm appreciative for that. And uh, there's a lot of things that we could show thanks for. But let me just... Let me just give you a few here tonight. Uh, We need to give thanks for who he is. Who he is. Sometimes the best way to define someone or something is to define what they or that is. Or sometimes the best way to really know what something is is to know what the antithesis of that is. Or what the opposite of that is. To define what it is not. Let me just tell you a few things before I tell you about who God is. Let me tell you about what God is not. God is not weak. I said God is not weak. The psalmist said the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And he goes on and he talks about, though my enemies shall come to devour of my flesh, they stumble and fall. And he begins to describe, and there are several instances throughout the scripture where he describes the strength of the Lord. Our Lord is not weak. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, "I, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. God is not only not weak, he's not inconsistent. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, you know the scripture, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. I think that's one of the greatest attributes that we could ascribe to God or talk about here tonight is that he stays the same. Because as you know, people don't always stay the same. Uh, You know, even in a physical sense, we, we don't stay the same. You don't see somebody for several years, well, you may not recognize them because of the changes that age brings upon people. It's impossible for people to entirely in every way stay the same. But God stays the same. He's still just as powerful as you read about Him being in the Old Testament. He's still just as able as you read about in all the miracles of the New Testament. Everything and every attribute that you read about and see described in the Word of God concerning Him, He's still the same. And I think that's a wonderful attribute of God that we need to celebrate tonight and be thankful for that He stays the same. If he still shows mercy, or if he's ever showed mercy, he's still showing mercy. Matter of fact, the psalmist said his mercy endureth forever. And he said that over and over again as if to remind us that his mercy is still the same. I'm telling you that if he ever answered prayer, he could still answer prayer. If he ever worked miracles, he could still work miracles. If he ever poured his spirit out, he could still pour his spirit out. If he ever gave revival, he could still give revival. If he ever blessed your life, he could still bless your life. If you ever protected or provided, he can still do those things because he is the same. Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, let's clap our hands to him again. He's not inconsistent. I don't have to wake up and wonder, is God going to be there for me today? Is God going to hear me? Bible tells me clearly that his ear is not heavy, that he can't hear. Uh, will he answer? Will he fulfill his word? Will he come through? I'm going to tell you, he does all of those things because he's the same. He's a consistent God. God is not unfaithful. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 13 said, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. In other words, if I, my faith wanes in his ability, if, if I stumble at his promises, if I, if I have trouble getting my mind around the ability and the power of God, that doesn't affect him. Uh, if I don't believe him, it doesn't affect his ability to be faithful. He's still faithful. Amen. Amen. He cannot deny himself, the Bible says, but he is faithful to his word. He's faithful to what he said he would do. There's one thing that you can read about over and over again in the word of God is the fact that God cannot lie. Oh, he cannot deny his word. Whatever he said in his word, it stands and it'll stay and it'll be there and you can stand on it. There's a lot of people in this world that you, you can't always know that their word is going to, to stand for what they say it does. But you can always know that the word of God is true. And it is faithful. And you can know that he, he is a faithful God. Even sometimes when we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it anytime. But sometimes when we have been disobedient. When we've walked away from it. When we've not done what we know to do. God is still faithful. God is still faithful. When we deny him, he doesn't deny us. I'm so thankful that he is a faithful God. Oh, that he's there for us and he answers and he works. He responds. He helps. He strengthens. He blesses in our lives. Hallelujah. Oh, let's talk about a few things that God is. David said God is great. And he went on to say, and greatly to be praised. How many knows that we're serving a great God? You know, that's a word that is, you know, words like this, superlatives, they're, they're used. They're used often. And they're used sometimes when, you know, uh, maybe they're used in exaggeration, in other words. Maybe they're used almost out of habit, but not really meaning it. You know, we, we, we use the term Awesome. And we sometimes use it pretty loosely. We use it pretty often. And, and awesome this and awesome that. and How great this is and how wonderful that is. But when you say God is great, he fits the description of the word. He really is the definition of greatness. And he is great in every way. You know, it's possible for, for human beings to be great at something. It's possible for human beings to be a great athlete and maybe some specialized athleticism that they're involved in. Usually they're not good at every position on the field, maybe just one position, or they're just good at one sport because it's, it's, it's nearly impossible to be great at everything as far as in every sport or every uh, form of athleticism. It's, it's just impossible to, to master it all. And uh, somebody might be great uh, at a particular craft or job or whatever it is. They may be great at that. And they've mastered that skill. But when we talk about the greatness of God He is good at everything He is great at everything He does everything well He does everything complete He helps us uh, In every way that we need Him to help us So when we praise God for His greatness It's not like giving accolade to a Human being that has has Performed some great accomplishment That they were able to accomplish at one Time in their life But when we ascribe great to God and we lift up our hands and praise to God. No matter how much we praise Him tonight, He's still going to be worthy when we get here on Sunday morning. Amen. There will be more to praise Him for. And when we get here on Sunday night, there will be more to praise Him for. And when we arrive back on Wednesday night next week, there will be more to praise Him for because He exceeds His own greatness. The Bible said it's seeding abundantly above all that we have. That's how great our God is. That's how wonderful our God is. That's how awesome our God is. He's a great God. Psalms 145 and 17 says God is righteous in all of his ways. He's a righteous judge. Amen. He doesn't make mistakes. You know, you can take the most experienced and the most wise judges of this world. And there may be some kind of nuance that they're not aware of in, in the situation. And they make A judgment that turns out. How many times have we read, it's not very often, but you have read of people that were incarcerated for many years only to find out later after the judgment was given that that person was innocent of the crime that they were accused of. It doesn't happen often, but it has happened. And so, therefore, when we talk about God, He is far too wise to make such a mistake. He never makes a judgment. He's a righteous God. He never makes a judgment that he has to go back on and, and, and say, you know what, I, I just made a terrible mistake. We know that there's instances in the Word of God where God, through someone's repentance and someone's prayer and someone's faith, that he changed his course. But it wasn't that his judgment in the first place was necessarily wrong. Amen. It wasn't that he contract, uh, contradicted his word. In any any place, but uh, we understand that God is righteous in all of His ways. Amen. You you can look to Him and have confidence in Him. You can trust in Him. That's why I need Him to lead me every day. That's why I need Him to guide me every day. That's why I need Him to work in my life. That's why I pray to him because he knows and he's wise and he understands what I have need of. He is a righteous God. He is righteous in all of his ways. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 2 said, There is no one holy like the Lord. He's a holy God. He's a holy God. Matter of fact, we talk about the attributes of God and many times we leave this one out. But you understand that of all of the things that we could talk about in the characteristics of God, this is first and foremost. He is holy. So holy that when Moses asked to see him in all of his beauty and holiness, uh, he said, you you cannot see it and live. It's so pure and it's so, it's so powerful when you see it in all of its glory. Your mortal body wouldn't be able to contain it and hold it and to receive it. So... I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hide you in the cleft of the rock, and I'm gonna pass by, and you're gonna see the hinder part. And what that meant was, is you're gonna see the afterglow, basically, of where I have been and where I have passed through. But you can't see me face to face, Moses, and live, because that's just how holy he is. He is so holy that when we read about the manifestation of God, Jesus Christ, in the New Testament. That when when people when people were given the law of, of, of leprosy, we understand that they they could not go around somebody that had leprosy, they could not touch or come close to someone that had leprosy. But we see on several instances in the scripture where the Lord not only not only did he speak to them and draw close to them, but he touched them. And His touching them did not make Him unclean, but it made them whole. Amen. That's how holy God is. When He touches the unclean, the unclean doesn't make Him dirty, but He makes the dirty clean. He makes the dirty whole. I'm telling you, that's just how holy God is. He affects, He impacts, He blesses, He touches others whom He comes in contact with. Oh, give praise to the Lord for His holiness. Not only do we need to be thankful for who He is, but we need to be thankful for where He brought us from. Amen. Psalms 40 and 2 says, He brought me out. This is the psalmist. Brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. And set my feet upon a rock. And established my goings. Amen. Brought me out of a horrible pit. Amen. There's people that figuratively you can identify with that. You know what the psalmist is endeavoring to say when he makes that kind of description of what God has done for him. Psalms 124 it says, If it not had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Aren't you thankful that you've had God on your side in life? How many is is thankful for that? You've been thankful that I've had God on my side. He brought me out of things. There's people here that he brought you out of false doctrine. The darkness of, of false doctrine. That's deception. Come on, let's call it what it is. It's deception. To believe your whole life in something that cannot save you. That's deception. The work of the enemy. And there's a lot of sincere people that have been blinded. The Bible says the God of this world have blinded their eyes. Oh yeah. Trying to disguise them from ever coming to the knowledge and the understanding and the revelation of truth. But he brought you out of that. And uh, he is on your side. Amen. Aren't you thankful that you have the truth of God's word in your life? Brought some of you out of addiction. Brought some of you out of immorality. Brought, Brought some of you out of bondage of other kinds. Amen. Raised you up and established you. Established you. You didn't have the reputation that you have now. You didn't have uh, the blessings and the provisions in your life that you have now. But you're here because God brought you out. Amen. Because God was on your side. Come on. You know, that's, that's the deal with us is when, when, we're, when we get to a certain point in life, sometimes we can think it was all us that did that. I'm going to tell you it wasn't all us. Amen. None of us are here because it was all us. Or anything that we were able to do just by ourselves. But it's because of His goodness. It's because of His grace. It's because of His mercy. It's because of His blessings in our lives. Come on. I got enough sense to know that I'm standing here tonight because God has been good to me. God has been merciful to me. God has given to me over and over and over again far more than I deserve. And I feel like giving him praise tonight. I feel like giving him worship tonight for what he brought me out of. Hallelujah. 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 You know, I was, I was sensitive. I was very young. I was probably about kindergarten, first grade when we really got into the church. My mother had started coming a little earlier than my father. And our family, some of them had already gotten into the church. My grandfather, you know, was, was a backslider for many years. And then he got his family one by one into the church. And so, consequently, I, I have not known uh, a lot of the depths of sin that I have seen others come from, I'm not saying that I've uh, been perfect, of course not, but I haven't known the depths of sin and the filth and the corruption of sin in its entirety by any stretch, and and haven't experienced a lot of those things for which I'm thankful, and I think that is a a powerful testimony in itself that what could have been and what could have happened, but but we're here today because of, of the goodness of God. But nevertheless, there's things that he brought me out of. There's been times that he's brought me out of danger. There's been times that he's brought me out of situations that seem like discouraging situations. Seemed like they would have sucked me down and caused me uh, to be disillusioned and, and and affected my walk with God. And I've seen that in some of your lives, even since you've been in the church. There's been things that have arose and Things that have occurred along the way and in the journey of life that you, they totally caught you off guard. It was unexpected. It wasn't something that you planned for. It wasn't something that you wanted to sign up for. It wasn't anything that you saw coming, but nevertheless, it happened. And in it all, you remain faithful to God. And God brought you out of that dismal place and that disappointment in life. I'm going to tell you that is what we're talking about tonight. He brings us up and out of situations and things. He brings us through situations in our lives. And we can we can give praise to the Lord and thanks to the Lord for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then finally tonight we can be thankful for what he has promised. You know, this is a good year for us to focus on the, present, on the promises of God, right? This is a good year for us to look ahead to some things and be thankful that we have some promises to look forward to that have yet to be fulfilled. When discouraged, Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering For he is faithful that promised. I want to tell you, God is faithful. If he promised it to you, maybe it was confirmed to you in prayer. Maybe it was confirmed to you through the preaching of God's word. Maybe it was God dealing with you personally, confirmed it to you. Don't waver. Don't cause situations to cause you to waver in that. For he is faithful who promised. We've got something to look forward to. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In other words, let's prepare for the promises that are ahead. These are things that God has in store for us and has promised to us. Let's prepare our hearts If there's any thing that we've taken on that we don't need to have in our lives. This would be a good time. We're embarking on the end of the year and and the beginning of a new one. But you don't have to wait until January 1 gets here before you start thinking about getting your life in order so that promises can be fulfilled and God's potential can be realized in your life. I believe that He's promised us revival. The book of Job Or the book of Joel prophesies about it. He said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And then he begins to detail what that means. And I'm going to tell you, it's still a promise to the church. It's not something that we look back to. It's something we look forward to happening in the lives of people. Your family members, your friends, your co-workers, people that you're in contact with, your neighborhood your school, your your whatever it is that you're involved with and connected to, it can happen. We have a promise of the Lord's coming. I want to be prepared for that above all. I want to be ready for that above all. And it, uh, it, it, the signs of the times are speaking to us that it's not going to be long, that it's, it's coming soon, that it's going to happen in the near future. And so I want to be prepared. And sometimes we think of time drawing out so long in the way that we gauge time but time to us and time to God is two different things but I'm going to tell you we're living I believe with all of my heart in the last days I want to be prepared for the coming of the Lord and you know what for the saint of God for the person that has given their life and dedicated themselves to the Lord they've got a promise to look forward to as we all stand they've got a promise to look forward to Jesus before his departure and ascension into heaven he said this let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions and if it were not so i would have told you but i go to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come again that's a promise that's a promise And I will receive you unto myself. That's a promise. And where I am there, you may be also. That is a wonderful and beautiful promise in the word of God. If you're thankful, why don't you raise your hands with me right now? If you're thankful, why don't you raise your hands with me?